the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. And uh, we are joining you here on a Friday morning amidst strange times within the sports landscape, not just the college sports landscape, uh, but really all of sports in the United States as the COVID-19 outbreak continues to have its impact on sports and on our uh, sort of daily lives and our rhythms and our routines it's been uh, a busy week all across the board. Uh, the, you know, the NCAA ter- men's and women's basketball tournament has been canceled. The the NBA has been suspended. We believe it will be for 30 days, but we don't know that for sure. And, um, you know, the professional leagues are all pushing things back a little bit. Uh, we're going to get into the college football aspect of this uh, here in the show and let you know what to expect from the Cover 3 podcast, because guess what? We're not slowing down. We can be all in our home offices and still deliver you this glorious content. So mailbag episodes, uh, you know, any kind of hypotheticals that you've been offering in the mailbag about uh, what Barton, Tom and Chip would be like if we all got sent off into a cabin into the woods, who gets lost first? Remember, it is Barton looking for a cell phone signal to answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll answer all those. So, gentlemen, how are we doing uh, here on this Friday? I feel lost. I did, I did wake up and uh, and check for uh, the scores of the late night conference tournament games. <laughs> I, I I had the moment last night. I was watching TV with Lynn, and you know she got like a phone call that she had to take. So normally, when that kind of thing happens, I grab the remote, I press that one button on it that shows you like the live scores of whatever games are going on, and then I figure out okay, which one of these do I want to watch? And then it, like I pick up the remote, I'm like. Oh, crap there's nothing to watch it was supposed to be a really really busy uh end to end day i mean i was i was in greensboro north was. carolina just not the way we yeah were yeah, yeah just not the way that i wanted it was incredible you know florida state only warmed up and then they got awarded the conference championship all they had to do was warm up it was incredible barton how are you uh well can you guys hear the echo is there an echo or is it just me i just cannot you. Just you. So I, I'm in this. I'm in a. I'm basically working in a closet right now. Let me give you a little. <laughs> here, here's my current my current setup. So our kitchen is being renovated. So the best place for me to work is at the house where there's banging and walls being torn down and electricity being shut on and off. And when that causes issues. Then I'm forced to go back to my current living situation, which is my in-laws' house. I'm in my mother-in-law's 
closet office right now. I can't watch sports anyways. <laughs> all, all I'm watching all day long is Frozen 2 on repeat. And my poor father-in-law who has this like perfect, comfortable, lazy boy right next to the TV where he likes it, where he can watch his Fox News and his Westerns all day long, now has to watch Tots and Paw Patrol nonstop. My kids are out of school now. Uh, th- this is going to be a challenge moving forward. I can See, just say that. That's like I saw that there'd been, you know, like so many people are being told to work from home. And like there are a lot of people I have seen who have been like, oh, that's awesome. Why is it? Why is anybody upset that they have to work from home? And it's like, I can guarantee you none of those people have children because <laughs> try working from home when your children are going to be home with you all day, too. This is uh yeah, this is a challenge. I think but, it, I meant, but I got my private little closet here, so I'm in good shape right now. All good shape. Okay, so um if if you're listening to this podcast, then it, you don't I imagine that you are uh pretty well aware of the different impacts that the COVID nineteen outbreak has had uh, across the uh entire sports landscape. So let's begin from the college football side of things because the ACC has suspended all athletic activities indefinitely. That is no practice. That is no um, meetings, no no informal or formal, no recruiting. Uh, the Big Ten has put limitations on its recruiting. They've canceled a couple of the spring games. Uh, a lot of spring games from across the college football calendar are now being impacted. And so, I mean, the between, between spring practice and the recruiting, I guess Barton first, like which of these two impacts do you feel like is going to have is, is going to be something that we start to see? Because Dennis Dodd on CBS Sports HQ uh, yesterday suggested that because we don't know how long uh, this is going to be a disruption of not just uh, life, but the, the sports calendar, that we really might be looking at adjustments even on into the fall of 2020. Barton, what is your sense right now of, um, you know, what spring practice, whether, whether spring practice or recruiting, like which part of this starts to stick out to you more? Well, I think, um, the big thing with recruiting, cause recruiting is there's, there's a lot of layers of, of impact here. One is obviously there's no junior days. There's no official visits. Um, there's just sort of the on-campus recruiting is, is, Guys can't come in and visit for spring practice, those sort of things. That all is is substantive and meaningful and, and is a big deal, but it's also you can just sort of, assuming this stuff gets cleared up, you can just sort of push that off until the summer, um, further prioritize getting kids on campus for uh, camps and, and evaluations that way, uh, get your official visits in the fall, just sort of take a more traditional approach to recruiting, just sort of push the timeline back a little bit more to, to where it used to be. Uh, I think the bigger deal and the more interesting deal on the recruiting side is the the evaluation period starts in mid-April. And at this rate, it doesn't. I don't have a ton of confidence that there's going to be a green light for for coaches to get out on the road and evaluate and and um, sort of utilize that window. And so. In that sense, then, like, that's the discovery period. I mean, that's when schools get their conviction on prospects. That's when they start to really put the 
their foot on the gas with certain prospects, take it off with others, find more. Um, that's when the board is filled out. And uh, that's, I think, uh, is going to be a real challenge. And, and uh, I, I'm interested in seeing who can um, sort of not allow that to affect them too significantly. Um, so I don't know. I think that's, that's a big deal. Uh, I also think it's a big deal. Just like spring practice is supposed to be a time when your iron art de- out, out depth charts, the writing is written on the wall, and some of the guys that read it will will transfer. You know, the the transfer market spikes again. The um, I mean that I, I, that all doesn't even mention just the, the just the sort of learning and progression and development that takes place in the spring. And so uh, I think that's going to be a big deal. And hey, a few of these schools have already had several weeks of practice. Arizona State seems to always start like in early February. Um, so that's an advantage to them. But I, I mean, I, there's, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to bite off in terms of how this is going to impact college football. Yeah, no, this is – I mean – it's it's weird when we think about these questions because it's uh, <laughs> what what do we really know at this point when it's trying to deal with this stuff because like Chip you mentioned what Dennis Dodd had talked about on HQ and there is a reality to it and although it seems weird to think that you know it's currently March and like sports leagues have suspended things for a few weeks and you know like baseball's probably not going to be played before May that you hope that by the time the fall rolls around everything is normalized enough to where we can get back to, you know, classes are starting again and sports can start again and everything can just get back to normal. But we we don't know, man. It's, there is a very real chance that the football season might even get pushed back a little bit. Because if you think about how crazy maybe that sounds to you now, if I had told you a month ago that the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled, what would your reaction have been to that? So it's, it's one of those weird things. And it's going to be interesting to see how coaches and coaching staffs are able to adapt to this situation where, you know, there's, there's no game plan. And when you think about what it is to be a coach, everything essentially comes down to a game plan, whether it's how you're actually preparing to, you know, face an opponent or it's how you're preparing to handle, you know, your recruiting chart and all that kind of stuff and what you're going to do. Nobody has a game plan for any of this. Nobody has had like a contingency plan, or maybe somebody does, but odds are nobody had the contingency plan for, okay, what do we do if the whole world is pretty much shut down for a few weeks? How are we going to put together our 2021 class? Or, you know, it's so, it's, this is going to be a thing that has an impact on the sport for a few years, even if everything is back to normal but as far as playing wise when the season starts because it's it's going to be really interesting to see if there are coaching staffs that are able to come up with something that can help them take advantage of this and if there's possible coaching staffs who aren't able to adapt who could fall slightly behind it's it's just a weird unknown situation okay so i was thinking Go about the, the the teams from just a recruiting standpoint like who who would have the hardest time dealing with this uh, who would not benefit from this, but be most equipped to handle it. Um, and I guess the way I thought about it is from a recruiting standpoint alone, the teams that would, I think this would hurt the most are the teams that are really strong evaluators. And because I think of val- like evaluating 
is ultimately about information gathering. Mm. And so if you aren't able to get to know these kids with, with more in-person interactions with on-campus visits with, um, getting out on the roads in the evaluation period and talking to coaches, assistant coaches, teammates, whatever, all the things that, that go into these evaluations. If kids aren't out there running track, you know, putting that kind of data out there in the space for, for you to consume as a coaching staff, like these are all things that I think would, would, would hurt a program that tries to sort of differentiate by out evaluating. Um, so on the flip side, I guess, like if the, the programs that this could benefit would be Texas, right? The, <laughs> right. the brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that just are going, like they're going to be attractive to top prospects as is. And certainly I think the schools that are um, in hotbeds for talents, like if you're, a, I don't know, a Kansas State or a Wisconsin or someone like that, I mean, I, I would imagine this isn't great for you because there's only so many players from Wisconsin and Kansas that you can, you can draw on. Um, Whereas Georgia, if everyone's just sort of quarantined, Georgia can just, you know, make their make their phone calls from the, you know, the sixty mile radius of campus or whatever, and just you could be okay. Um, so I, I don't know if, if if there's other theories on sort of who this would most hurt or most um, who who would be most equipped to handle it, but that that's kind of my initial at least recruiting theory. So Illinois has finally found a way to lock down the state. (laughs) That's right. Coming up on the other side, what coaches are going to do with all this free time, uh, what recruiting might look like, and how the spring practice calendar might be adjusted, all that and more of the impacts from the COVID-19 outbreak, next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. The recruiting aspect, the evaluating aspect, that's a... The evaluation aspect of recruiting is a very good point. I, I, I wonder also from the, the spring practice point of view because like these... These activities in the ACC and the Big Ten are suspended indefinitely. Just no no team activities. But even at college campuses across the country right now, we've seen basically in-person classes written off for the rest of the semester. And if you've got schools that are taking that kind of stance in like a, well, let's just, let's just get from uh, now until early May and figure out the rest later, like is, is it going to be – uh, the like, is it going to be a situation where spring practice is basically taken the takes the place of the summer 
off-season conditioning? Would the NCAA adjust its bylaws in terms of how many days you need to have between competitions? Like that's, that's sort of the sliding scale that I'm looking at because everything that I see from the schools, from the university presidents, and the university presidents are absolutely uh, erring on the side of caution. And I think that one of the things that's been really stark is the the statement from some conference and university leaders that have said is this an overreaction maybe but i would much rather this be an overreaction that we can come back to later and be like wow we might have overreacted than the opposite which is to introduce um you know <laughs> like 85 to 110 um you know student athletes in a close confined space over long periods of time and and all the opportunities for the transmission of virus within that community and i just uh i i i wonder what the calendar looks like what do you barton do you think that they would adjust it such that spring practice basically gets held in the summer i mean i i don't know that the the NCA is that mobile and malleable to where it can it can do that. But I, I my my hunch is more along the lines of you know in the summer there is, and I've I'm not even sure what the actual rules are, but there are restrictions in terms of what you know what, what your interaction can be with your your players, and it's actually loosened over the years over the past few years to where there's actually some sort like when I played. Really, you, coaches couldn't have any interaction with you in the summer. It was all strength coach. And now they actually have windows where the coaches can uh, engage with the players in a more coordinated setting. But I, but there are limitations to it. Uh, and I think there's maybe even – I don't even know if you're allowed to have a ball around. Like I think there may be something like that. I, I don't know. But I wonder if just some of those summer – uh, coach player interactions that are, are currently legal are able to sort of be expanded. Like maybe right. you can wear shells, maybe you can wear helmets. Maybe you can, uh, you know, maybe there's, there's a bigger window for that to take place because I, I would imagine there's some sort of, um, opportunity for, for, for loosening the rules there. That said, you know, there's currently there's a, um, dead period, in place in July, which is sort of the time when coaches can recharge, spend time with their families, uh, you know, get off the grind for a little bit before the season, and, and they're just gone to the world. Um, I gotta imagine that there's not going to be a lot of enthusiasm for for cutting into that period of time uh, to allow for more coach-player interaction. So we'll see, um, but. That, that would be my hunch is just sort of expanding the rules a little bit, loosening the rules a little bit in terms of that summer um, interaction. To be fair, considering that coaches might be forced to spend a lot of family time over the next three months, by the time July rolls around, they might be dying to get back into practice. Okay, so here's what I was thinking about. <laughs> so this time of year, right, like like Chip said, I mean, coaches are, are uber – uh, scheduled and there's you know they get their itinerary for the day and there's uh, staff meeting this this and there and, and there's you know you got this is when spring practice starts and here's when our junior day is and this is like there's all these these scheduled events on a daily weekly monthly basis that these coaches have to um, that sort of run these coaches lives not to mention 
the assistant coaches are basically gone for like four out of six weeks in the evaluation period, uh, April to, to May. And so it's when all these guys are off the road, when all these events are no longer scheduled, when there's kind of nothing, like the kids aren't even on campus. They can't have guys in watching film with them. When there's nothing to do, I was just thinking about like which coach is going to be the absolute like biggest nightmare to work for in terms of all the little minute, ridiculous <laughs> projects that he's going to hand out. Because I've already heard the horror stories of like the coach that, you know, it, when he just got nothing else to do, he just hands out the mo- most ridiculous uh, jobs for the personnel department or the the analysts or whatever. Now you got a bunch of head, bunch of assistant coaches home too with nothing else to do. Like I, I feel for GAs and quality <laughs> controls and player personnel directors and all the support staff that are just going to have to be. Just, just jump into the whims of all these bored coaches with nothing else to do. P- can you imagine working for PJ Fleck right now? No, yeah, I was just about to mention <laughs> PJ Fleck. I was like, oh my gosh, it, somebody is going to end up having to like move, uh, like move desks around in an office, and then he's going to come back a week later and then get him to rearrange it, or, or just you know, or like. You know, start game planning the 2021 slogans and mottos, and uh, and and you know, war rooming those out, or or thinking through like he like he would also do like just some sort of in depth study on you know like body clock versus uh, opponents who have spent you know, had, had had Monday off the week prior or like just like the most absurd. Oh, now he's getting into the process. <laughs> like I, I just I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard road to hoe here for for some guys that are thinking they're getting, you know, the the easygoing spring with all the coaches on the roads. Man, I think it's going to be it's going to be a new new era for a few guys. Who do you think? All right. So you mentioned P.J. Fleck. PJ Flex, you were right. PJ Flex definitely going to go scientific with this. He looks at this as a great opportunity to uh, to to discover new uh, market inefficiencies that he's going to try to look to exploit. Who's going to have the most senseless, like truly, like not head scratching and like what are you doing here? Who's who's going to be so bored that they're just going to like have assistant coaches painting a room or something like that? Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Drew is probably going to get pretty meaty with it. I was wondering too, like the other thing that I was having a hard time, uh, I was kind of laughing at was sort of who, like which head coaches when they got the call from the university president or the athletic director saying you're going to have to cancel spring practice or your coaches are going to have to get pull off the road, no junior days, like which coach was having the hardest time just computing that? Just the whole concept, like we, you're telling me we can't, we can't even practice football, we can't even have coaches meet with players. What, what the hell you want us to do? Oh, Mike you Leach. Know, but, but, Mike Leach. Oh, Mike no, Leach Mike doesn't Leach. care about oh, recruiting. Mike, Mike Leach is on Key West He's right now. Key West I'm not now. Sure he realizes the season's going. What's happening? <laughs> There's no doubt he is out of there, man. He's beach bound. All right. Well, who is it then? 
I, th- I, I mean, it's just think of the coaches who you feel like are football, 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 and then those are probably the guys. Whereas the coaches that give you the sense of having more of a life outside of football will probably adjust better. But I also wonder, like speaking of Leach, like I wonder if we're going to see any kind of innovation from all this extra free time. Like, cause mm. there's going to be a lot of coaches now who've been always, you know, coaches are always trying to draw up plays or come up with schemes and stuff. And they got nothing else to do for a while. So I'm wondering if we might see, you know, maybe, maybe we get like a whole new offense out of this. Hmm. Mm, probably. <laughs> Who's 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 the most likely to develop a new offense? Matt Canada. No, just kidding. It's still jet sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I ju- I just think that there's good. There's going to be somebody out there who's just been you know goofing around like with with some concepts that now you know like they were just doing like in their spare time when they were bored. Who now is going to be like, all right, I got maybe two months here where I could just work on this and see if, you know, at least in theory, if I can come up with something. So I don't know. Oh, I've got a nomination. Uh, Joe Moorhead. Maybe, yeah. Although Mario will shoot that down quick. No, well, we're just going to hand it off. Well, 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 listen, we can we can talk about Don Mario later. But I, I think that uh, I, I think that Joe Moorhead, if he if he can withstand, if he can break free, of the uh, the shackles that Cristobal places on him in terms of the in how inventive or creative the offense can be, then I I think we could see Oregon coming out with some uh, they've they've got too much speed and Moorhead's too creative for all this time not to lead to some sort of innovation. That's a fantastic call. It's good. I'll tell you who this and and just in terms of and sort of thinking on the fly here because we talked about Mike Leach and like. I mean, this really hurts the obviously the new coaches. Yeah, um, Mike Leach has got to get an air raid going by the fall with a with a new quarterback. And I guess Costello wouldn't. I don't think he's going to be on campus in the spring. Um, so he has had the summer, anyways. But I mean, part of the the most as important as anything uh, that air raid stuff is getting the receivers used to it, getting their, them comfortable with it. Um, and you know, that's just. This is just another um, onus, burden that new head coaches have to carry along with the early signing period. And now you got this. Uh, this is You, you really got to cut everybody a break in 2020 in, in terms of expectations for new coaches because there's a lot to overcome. I saw uh, a Florida State fan who was uh, like really starting to look for silver linings of all this because I mean, Florida State basketball did just have basketball school. Yeah, Florida State basketball did just have one of its best seasons, and if they had made it to the Final Four, it could have been the best season in program history. Uh, but he was like, you know what this means? It means when spring practice starts, Chubba Purdy might be on campus. We might be ready to roll, son. <laughs> yeah, like, all those June enrollees might not miss a beat. They might be stepping. We might be looking at. Uh, we might be looking at like quarterback competitions and position battles. Definitely going to be uh, thrown off. Uh, you mentioned the new coaches trying to, you know, get install new systems. I mean, with all the changes that we had in the assistant coaching carousel, this greatly changes that. I mean, we do have the 
the advancements in technology that we've seen all across college football that are going to allow for you know digital reps essentially and the to to break down film and to you know you can email a playbook and, and all the cut ups and clips that you want but there's going to be it's going to take a while before we actually get some of these college football uh, before across the entire landscape of college football uh, everybody is getting that that kind of coach instruction that we normally get around this time of year as of right now uh 11 28 on the eastern time on the east coast uh missouri is like still getting after it i guess Mm -hmm. uh they still plan to i i would bet that they don't practice today are we giving any like hard work gold stars to anyone who's still going out there no okay you're I mean, no, I like NASCAR is now postponing its stuff. Finally, it's just it's yeah. It's, I did see a, a map tweeted out. I can't remember where it was circulating, but like every state that has had at least one coronavirus um, case, and there was like other than like North Dakota, South Dakota, and Alabama. Montana or something. It was Alabama and West Virginia. Yeah, and Idaho. Idaho, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, it just writes itself, right? Saban's still yeah. like, well, I yeah, don't understand. What. They're, just, they're just like grinding like all spring and everyone else has got to be sitting out. Um, I will say, though, just because nobody's been found with it yet. True. Oh, yeah. Like the... If nobody's getting tested, it's hard to find somebody. Right. Like the CAA official from DC, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, he actually refed a game uh, a couple days ago. My bad. So, Whoops. Have you, have you guys found that? In in I know, ch- I assume you guys have both been doing. I haven't done a ton of media stuff, but I've I've had a couple radio things here and there, and like, obviously, all anyone wants to talk about is the coronavirus, <clears throat> and they got a they got a whole show to fill. And your typical like twenty minute spot or whatever, what you're typically talking about college football, is now twenty minutes of them just asking you about coronavirus. Yeah, and it's and it, I want to be like, look, man, like I I don't know, I, I read don't some know stuff anything. yesterday. <laughs> like I'm not an expert here, um, but you know, like I'll I'll do my best to to convey all the things that my uh, that my wife has been reading to me off Twitter in bed every night. Uh, but aside from that, like, I can't. Do you preface it with that? Heads up, this is just what my wife's Twitter it's account says. According accord to reports from, from my wife, who's been incessantly reading about this for the last month, um, here's the here's the latest. But no, I, I can't. There's nothing else to say, man. Like I, I, All I can do is just sit here and you know, regurgitate the things that I've read about coronavirus. I'm not an expert. I just... We're all watching this thing together. I do think that there's a little bit uh, what I I have also. I've I've been on CBS Sports HQ a lot. I've been talking about it from the college basketball side of this. I've been talking about this from the Masters side of this. And I have repeated the phrase, I'm not a doctor, about 17 times on the air before I had like as, as little like warnings and prefaces to whatever kind of opinions or analysis that I've tried to be able to offer. And I think that what... The only, the only things that I can really point to is just sort of the chain of events, which is if, you know, there, there's not, because college sports in particular 
Uh, and that's, you know, what we're talking about, especially here. There is no one governing body. Like we talk about this in turn, and you mentioned it, you know, like the NCAA is, is slow moving and it's slow moving because it's really not all that centralized. It is an association of member schools. Those member schools are represented by their university presidents. Their university presidents all have their own uh, set of local um, and sort of school-wide board of governors, board of trustees, and and because of that, you can you can kind of see the the trickle down effect. Like basically, in terms of the way that you know sports has reacted to the COVID nineteen outbreak, it all started with Barton Simmons and Yale and the Ivy League, right? <laughs> like it did. I, I, Ivy League came out. Fun. Yeah, they they were like, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're shutting this all down. Uh, we, we will check back in with y'all later, but, but this ain't happening. And, you know, sure enough, as I mentioned, it is the ACC and the like ACC had Duke university president, Vincent price kind of leading the charge. I mean, ultimately, according to the news and observer, ultimately this was uh, a decision like as Florida state's getting pulled off the court and as they're shutting down the ACC tournament and canceling the remainder of it with just like 10 minutes before tip off. One of the big swinging factors was the Duke university president finally uh, informing the ACC. I'm not putting our basketball team on a bus to Greensboro right now. Like they were supposed to play at three o'clock and at about 12 o'clock they said, no, I mean, we're, we're suspending all athletics activities and that includes this. And so there've been these these individual decisions that have really have caused that kind of ripple across all of college athletics. And even though the impact of the virus in local communities, uh, you know, is, is different all across the country, it has now created, uh, a, a new abnormal for us in college sports, at least in trying to determine, you know, like how the players are going to respond to this, how the teams are going to respond to this, the spring sports, which do not include college football, but you know, how are they going to handle eligibility? And those are a lot of questions that all are going to be very tough to uh, answer in the coming future. I almost feel from the college football perspective that given some of the stresses on the system that there are right now, it's almost like college football has not luxury because that sounds the wrong word, but they've got the advantage of at least having the most time to figure this out before they're scheduled to return to competition. Well, so I was a sophomore in college when 9-11 hit and the, the week following, I can't remember the day it hit. It must've been a Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday, Uh, Tuesday. Okay. Um, that, that weekend we were scheduled to play Towson and uh, the game got canceled and I was certainly understood why the game was canceled and I you know it was I, I didn't you know I, I, that was re- like that was really disappointing though while I you know while I was understanding of it I was devastated to lose an opportunity, even just one opportunity to play in one game. And I know there's like football's a little different because there's only, you know, there's a limited number of games. Those, those games are so huge. Um, but I like, uh, that was, that was devastating to, to lose that game. And for this situation to hit in the way it has, I mean, that it's 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 got to be even more because I I still understood why and I still under, understood that it needed to 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 
um, not be played and, and the nation needed to focus on other things. Um, can you imagine being like a, I don't know, a baseball player and being told the college world series is, 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 is done. Like yeah. this season is done. It yeah. Sucks. All yeah. the off season you've worked like it's done. And, and not only that, but like, it's this, you know, you're healthy. Everyone around you is healthy. Like you see, I, Again, you could probably understand why it needs to happen, but it's it's so hard to to grasp and actually wrap your your arms around like 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 why I'm I, like let's just so I, I think it's been that's probably the most brutal part of this um, from the from the college sports standpoint is just the idea that seniors and and people that could be potentially playing their last uh, competitive sport in their life. Is, are just missing that opportunity uh, because of these shutdowns. So it's it's a pretty it's a pretty devastating thing. Yeah, and it, it's not just seniors too. Because I mean, like going to college basketball at the NCAA tournament, you know, Io Desunmu is a guard for Illinois who, as a freshman last year, could have gone to the NBA. And one of the reasons he came back was because he wanted to lead Illinois back to the NCAA tournament before he left. So he came back for his sophomore year. They're about to be in the tournament, and then no tournament. It's just it's it is a weird thing for I I can't imagine what it would be like for so many of these kids right now who you know not in like I'm using basketball but you mentioned baseball like any athlete who had sports this spring who has just had their entire season taken away from them and I and I know that we could say you know I I fully understand a lot of people are having a lot of things taken away from them right now right. so it's. So they're not alone in that. It's just from our perspective of what we do and trying to wrap our head around the kids that we cover. Because at the end of the day, I don't know, I call them kids. I, they are kids, even though they're you know in their 20s, a lot of them. But I just think that, man, I, I can't even imagine if I was in that situation how I would be feeling right now. Like, I'm, I'm just a fan, and I'm kind of mad that I don't have sports to watch. So thinking of what it's like to be one of the players who has had that taken away from them, it's like, wow. It's wild. Um, we are going to make it a goal to get you through this, uh, this, this sportsless era because, you know, we, no matter, no matter where, as long as, uh, we all can get to, uh, somewhat clean microphones and computers, as long as Barton can get to his in-laws house and the office closet, then we're going to be able to, to still come and deliver some great cover three content to you. So here, here's what the roadmap looks like. We've got, as you know, uh, tons of mailbag questions and you can add your questions and your hypotheticals and, and whatever else you want to, by going to the cover three college football podcast page, leave us a five-star review. uh, And in that review, ask a question. It will be added to the mailbag. We are going to continue to tackle those on a weekly basis. We're also going to venture into some fun stuff. We might look back. We might do some rankings. We're going to play some games. We're going to be reaching out to guests from all across the college football world, both in the uh, on the media side and also from those that are a little bit closer to the game. And, you know, even if we don't have active spring practices, that doesn't mean that we are not going to be able to do a reset. You know, we were we were hoping to give you spring practice primers and previews and, and be able to reach out to our sources on the ground to find out about, you know, all the latest developments on a position by position basis. And, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get that. But what we can do is we can take 
the information that we know about these programs and these teams and sort of what to expect when they do return to action. And we can sort of put a, a, a final bow on how we feel about them going into the 2020 season and, uh, and sort of take a look at that. So, so somewhere between the fun, uh, the, the serious, uh, we're going to try to blend it all together and, and keep things rocking and rolling here on the cover three podcast. So do make sure that you subscribe. Uh, if you haven't already, Please remember to wash your hands. Uh, any anything else? Be uh, before we get out of here. Uh, take care of yourselves. And even if, like you mentioned earlier, Chip, about how the presidents of schools they've said, "Hey, if we're overreacting, that's fine." Think about that for yourself. If you're as a listener, even if you think that this is all a big overreaction, by the time this is over, if it was an overreaction, you'll be that's a lot good. happier looking back, laughing at it, than if you had underreacted. So just consider that. Seconded. Seconded by Barton. You can follow him on Twitter at Barton Sims. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.